right, it's Friday and the Fan Morning Show is back on the air with the Toronto Maple Leafs facing an uncertain future this weekend with games five and maybe game six to be played before we're back on the air. Justin Cuthbert and Brent Gunning this morning. Gunner, how we doing? A uh, little more subdued than yesterday. Passion is there. Uh, mm-hmm. Passion check. We've got it. We're just not going to be shot out of a cannon the way we were to start yesterday's show, but I'm fired up. We got a game five. I got to be honest. I didn't think we'd get it uh, after the way games one, two, and three went. No, we're no, get- you were you were positive. You turned. I turned eventually, but there was a lot of there's a lot of sulking, a lot of dark times in the lead up to it. But yeah, we're getting a game five tonight. Uh, you're on home ice. If you take the playoffs aside, which hey, why should those count at all? They've been awesome at home this year, uh, mm. so I guess that's room for optimism. Fired up. Let's go. Yeah, the emotions are definitely evolving, right? Uh, you know, d- I didn't significant take... disappointment after game three. Yeah, I didn't take a shirtless walk in the sun to get myself no, ready for no. puck drop tonight. I didn't it's, do that. It's becoming more of a more of an option though, Gunner. It is. So uh maybe we can look into I mean, that. This I don't want to expose you too much. You got you got your legs exposed in here. You got I, shorts I, on. I do. I, it's uh it definitely uh stopped you in your tracks. I was I was shocked. Yeah. Is That's that, not a it, comment on your physique at all. It's just I think <laughs> it's See, I'm now we don't work in a quote unquote office, but mm-hmm. it is all like it's a thing in the summer of especially now with like remote work and people coming in occasionally. It's always a move of like, are you going to be shorts guy in the office? And mm-hmm. you just said, yeah, I'm a morning radio host. I'm going to wear whatever. I yeah, want. I mean, I, I was I wore them before I was going to ask you. But yeah. now that we you know, you you had the reaction you did. I mean, this I, this will be my first summer. Is it yeah. is it no, you know, two two months of it's a, it's grinding just, through pants when you should no, you don't you don't have to. It's just it's a move like you're going to get some looks. You're walking to your car after this and mm-hmm. somebody who works in this building who, you know, works in marketing or legal <laughs> is like. Why is this guy going to the gym right now? So yeah, that's just, true. As long as you can deal with the stairs, then it's no problem at all. So well, there I, is a gym in this building, yeah. right? So I, if oh, I'm, you're I, saying you're feigning fitness, I, I might be, but I'm walking like the, to get to exit, which is just like five minutes. I have to go door to door, exit, get to the parking garage. You know, a good sixty seconds there would be in and around the gym, gym area. Adjacent, yeah. So I feel like I can fake it for two months straight. Okay. Just I think feign you fitness. That's that's fine with me. Again, I got no problem with it. Now, the the real, and I am not a policer of this, but it has always been a big thing of sandals as well. That that tends to become... Sandals an, is a bridge too far. People, so yeah, people have issues with toes. Sometimes they're hairy. Sometimes feet stink. So yeah, we can we can have this debate. This is, sounds like actually some A-plus content we're wasting mm-hmm. we'll, uh, where there's more than just one sport going on right now. But yeah, these are the inter-office uh, dynamics that, you know, you've been doing this, but pandy, remote, people haven't been in. This It feels like we're quasi back to normal in terms of people being in the office. So I'm just trying to... Just trying to let you know what landmines are out there. You navigate them however you see fit. Well, I'll make a promise to you now that you will not be seeing toes at any point throughout the summer. But the bare legs will be happening uh, for sure. As I mentioned, emotions evolving. So didn't expect to be here, did expect to be here. A little bit of a, you know, uh, a high after the game four victory, but still having to put yourself back in and yes. in your own place because <laughs> it is just one of four. What is the vibe the morning of game five and another must win scenario for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think a lot of people are curious to see which Leaf team comes out. And that isn't to say that just because quote unquote, the right Leafs team comes out means they're going to win. That's not what it means. Bobrovsky can steal a game. The Panthers were a capable hockey team, but I think that's what most people are are curious about. That's where the vibes are at is 
which version of the Leafs are you going to see? Is Austin Matthews going to do what he's done a few times in these playoffs, but not often enough, and put on the Superman cape and decide to steal a game for you? Mitch Marner, he had one and one, but it wasn't the, you know, one and one dazzling Marner effort. Does he have a game that kind of resets the conversation around him? Joe Wall. You know, can he continue to play great for for this team? So I think it's a lot of people just kind of curious what version of the Leafs you're going to see tonight because you've seen very different versions of a lot of these Leafs players in these playoffs. So I think that's it. It's just curiosity. Uh, another loaded show today to uh, tee up Game 5. We have Sam McKee of Leafs Talk and Real Kipper and Bourne at 7 a.m. We'll have Bruce Boudreau on at 8.05. And there Dallas Eakins, who's been doing a great job on the panel, will jump on at 8.30. We'll also squeeze in Ben Nicholson-Smith. It's been a while since we've had BNS. He'll come on at 7.40, tee up. The Braves we, and Blue Jays. We this can weekend. do a quick passion check with him. I don't know how much he likes it out there, but yeah, he, he has think, it in him. I think we definitely have to do that uh, for... Sure. Um, okay, so I want to start with, like, Leaf Nuggets that we missed yesterday because um, content came out after we were on the air. But also there's a couple things, I How think, from they? the post game that was interesting. And the number one thing for me when gleaning and looking through uh, what we heard, I guess, last night was Sheldon Keefe's flattery mm-hmm. of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, I guess they deserve it. They did play well. The defensive effort was staunch. The commitment to blocking shots may be the difference in the in the hockey game. Um, but I'm always curious um, how he approaches his media sessions mm-hmm. because I feel like he's always trying to keep things on a straight line. He's always trying to keep himself in check. And I guess he's always trying to send messages because as much as Mitch Marner promises you that he doesn't care what's said outside of the room, <laughs> uh, I think he knows exactly what was said. I was going to say, I promise you he room. does. Yeah. And I think the flattery was interesting. He called it the best effort of the season, which is patently false. I mean, like, they played well, but we've seen mm-hmm. them absolutely dominate great opponents over the course of the regular season. Maybe when you have the context of the stakes, sure. Uh, I guess it was pretty good, although Game 2 versus Tampa Bay Lightning was pretty good, too. Um, So, the flattery. What do you make of it? Do you think it was intentional? Do you think it was over the top? What did you make of uh, Sheldon Keefe's overall aura post-game four? I think you have to trust to a certain extent at this point in time that a coach knows the personality of his team better than most. And, you know, the, the of course, flip side of that is that when Sheldon Keefe has poked them, when they prodded them, there has been immediate pushback. Now, has he been told to have that pushback? Has he been walking it back because he feels like that's best for the team? I'm sure the answer is mostly he's been told to, but a little bit of, of the other one as well. What I make of it is just it's a coach trying to understand where his team is at psychologically right now. He needed to give them that. He needed to give them the flowers after the win. And was it the be- was it the best effort of the season? Like you said, yeah, you throw in the stakes and your season on the line, sure. But I don't know, go watch any game they've played against Colorado for the past two years when they just beat up the best team in the league or mm-hmm. one of them that we talk about seemingly every single time they play. So I don't know, those are probably better efforts. But yeah, I think I think the flattery had to come from him and it was because it was a team that let's say he went out there and took the exact opposite tact of great. That was fine. Nothing special. You should be able to do that three more times. 
does the team have the life? Are they saying, oh, geez, come on, give me a break. Put, again, we sometimes do the thing where treat sports like your job. It's not the exact same, but there are some parallels occasionally. And, you know, you've all we've all had those moments where, you you know, maybe your job, you're not performing the way you'd want to or whatever, and you turn things around or you have a good day. And do you want your boss to come in and say, was that so hard? Why couldn't you do that all the time? Mm-hmm. Or do you want him to pat you on the back and go, great, let's get some more of that tomorrow. And I just think that's the tact Keith had to take there. We know the, we know the person of this group okay he's not gonna walk up there on the podium screaming about oh was that so hard why couldn't they do this all the time because they aren't going to respond to that mm-hmm. maybe half of them will but we know the guys who matter we spent the whole first three day, three days of this week talking about them they're not going to respond to that yeah i think you read this situation right and i think you're reading the situation right i mean to give the cookie I, when you have the mm-hmm. opportunity to which is what he had I, I think it is an important thing because you need a little bit more and maybe to get more you need to instill confidence and i think you're right this group uh, does want to hear that they did well out there. Mm-hmm. They did well out there, and they did do well out there. But I definitely think that Sheldon Keefe, uh, just taking it from maybe it was it deserved an 8 out of 10, mm-hmm. giving them the 10 out of 10 is uh, probably the best coaching tack at that moment because anything... Like, it, it should have probably just been, and it deserved the, it's just one, mm-hmm. uh, and we got to do it again. Um, but to go a little bit extra... Um, I, I think is definitely the right move and knowing his team and knowing his group and like, you know, well, if they wanted Babcock still coaching this team, he would still be coaching true, this team. And true, that's true. exactly what he would have said. And it's not like, this is like situation kind of calls for hail Mary a mm-hmm. little bit. Like if, if you are a different coach with a different group and you rip in and say, this was not good enough. Still, maybe you get their attention because you got to keep their attention, but keeping the attention of the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a little bit of indictment does seem to be, or does seem to hinge on being ultra positive and positive mm-hmm. reinforcement and telling the kids that they did uh, quite well well out there you can text us at any point in this t- in today's show 590-590 your name and location let us know what's on your mind on the morning of game five the other thing that we mentioned and didn't talk about much was brendan shanahan hanging out in the box with dubis our guy roman roy brendan pridham and uh it would have been jason spets up do you think anyone's course. ever liked a nickname less uh, than, <laughs> probably, than Pridham? Probably, probably not. Probably not. I don't know why he's catching strays. If there's anyone in the Leafs that does a great job yeah. objectively, it's Brendan Pridham and probably doesn't deserve any criticism. But let's face it, doesn't really open himself up for much criticism being merely a capologist. Merely a capologist yes. is pretty rude. But, it you is. know, crunch the numbers. Look, you did it. Guy knows his numbers, okay? You don't want to hear how Roman Roy would describe his job, so we're being very charitable, actually. Yeah, we are. Uh, so I don't think there's any, you know, there's clear reason why he would be there. Because there's consequence to losing in game four. Mm -hmm. The team is out. Yes. But you also have to immediately control messaging and figure out what the next move is. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's as simple as, hey, the season could have ended here. We need Shanahan to be in the conversations that are happening right after so you can figure out how to best uh, get through the media session and get best get through uh, whatever lead up there is to finally cleaning out the lockers, saying goodbye for another season, having real meaningful press conferences uh, in more formal settings. Or do you think there's like something else going on with Brendan Shanahan being around? Was it just like dealing with what's to come or is there something else with Brendan Shanahan there? I think there is a little something else, but I think this is mostly let's let's go through the dark possibility that very well could have happened on Wednesday night when they played that game. Leafs lose. Kyle Dubas is without a contract. I mean, they would have already had these conversations, and it's not in the heat of the moment they're making this call. 
But if Sheldon Keefe is not going to come back as Leafs head coach, and I'm not saying they would fire him on the spot there on the road, or I don't know how that would have played out. But if he's not going to, if he's no longer going to be the head coach, is it right to have a GM who may no longer be the GM in six weeks being the one to fire him? I wonder how much of it was simply that at play. I wonder if, like you said, if that's the end of season avail, if you do see Shanahan go up there with Dubas to take questions after the players speak. That would be a little awkward to me. A mm-hmm. ro- executives on the road it, it, right after. I don't think that's something that would have happened. But I also think part of this, and you know, I don't know how much he listens or he cares, but there have been people wondering, and the answer isn't nothing, but they would like to know what is it that you do do? Because Kyle Dubas is the GM and Sheldon Keefe is the coach. And look, the the job of president or whatever his, his governor, whatever his title is, is not a light one. There are a lot of duties that go into that. But in terms of the actual hockey team and putting it together, so I think people would want to see him owning it a bit. After all, it is the Shanna plan. So I do wonder if it was just be there to be present. And quite honestly, you know, we always talk about it in media. If you're going to rip a guy, now this is bad for guys who don't go in. Well, maybe, I don't know, you're a journalist. You might occasionally go in the room. I don't go in the room. If you're going to rip somebody, you should probably show up and show face and all of that. I wonder if it's okay. The plan's named after me. It could all go kaput <laughs> yeah. tonight. Yeah. And not just in they lost in the second round, but they get swept by a team that nobody expected to be here. I should probably show some face and maybe ask or answer some questions tonight. I think that's, that's that. So there is no one. It was to fire Sheldon Keefe. It was to do X, Y, or Z. I think it was a myriad of reasons. And yeah, that's why he was there. I think Showface, sure, to answer questions, no chance. There's no chance Brendan Shanahan would be in front of any cameras or microphones in the heat of the moment after getting swept by the Florida Panthers. I would be stunned, like beyond stunned. I do think, though, handling the Keefe situation, though. And I I think if you're Sheldon Keefe, like it's kind of annoying, right? Because you're trying to coach. You're trying to get through this. You are trying to preserve your job. And it seems like the PR, the the pieces when when it comes to the PR... Um, machine apparatus. Yeah, but like also the process that's right. going to happen right after. You're already getting that ready. Like sure. you're already reserving the parking oh, there's spot. There's many. There's many drafts that yeah. have already been written. Yeah. So I, I, it would be a little bit annoying to be like, oh, you already you're prepared. You're 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 here because something's going to happen potentially tonight. And I know it. Like it's not yep. going to be a surprise to me. Right. But you can't let me get through the night before yeah. we're already doing this. So I I, I do think it was a little grim reapery. You're saying it's a little grim reapery. Uh, and you know it didn't happen that way. And clearly. He's going to be in Toronto. Uh, we haven't seen him much, but surely he's in the building uh, doing whatever it is that Shanahan is doing. But he's going to be there, and he's going to have an influence on how the messaging is put forth on the night of the potential demise for mm-hmm. the Maple Leafs. And, of course, what we see next, whether it's two or three days down the line when they actually formally take questions. So, uh you know, maybe it didn't bother Sheldon Keefe at all. Maybe it's expected. Maybe it's Maybe this is so... Uh, routine at this point that it didn't even affect him at all. But it was worth noticing that Shel- uh, that Shanahan was in attendance and hovering over things like Sting uh, at any good uh, <laughs> wrestling event. That's good. Um, this last thing from... Just w- actually one last thing on Shanahan. I would be so curious to see the reaction if he like was showing on the, the Jumbotron because now obviously this is like a feel-good story I'm about to mention. They showed his grandma... At one point, she, it was the first game she had been to this yep, year. Yep. 
and the place nearly came down. And I know this is like, you know, sweet, sweet older lady. Let's give her a hand. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of love for Shani in the building. Show a little face. I, I, I feel like yeah, I feel like grandmothers. Yeah, you're right, though. They definitely. To, yeah, I mean, th- there's a grandmother her. pop, yeah, right? Obviously. Dubis's grandmother. I mean, it's an ab- absolute explosion. Like, forget uh, uh, Tavares when it, he gets the it, it takes, on him. It takes everything I own not to have like a grandma doobie tweet corner of the day. Her just <laughs> slagging NHL officials. And uh, I, I love it. Honestly, she's all our grandmas. I love it. Grandmas are the best. Um, okay, so last thing that uh, this came out, I guess, after the show, I believe. Um, but in terms of the content machine oh, after yes, Game Four, I thought this was the most interesting thing. This from Josh Cloak of the Athletic. I'll read his lead because uh, who was bragging about how sick his view was and the beach and everything? Yeah, and the we three had days for the reporters. Uh, Too much. Come on, let's let's be honest. Let's get back. Well, they are back in Toronto. Here. Let's <laughs> let's enough party. Enough party and. Uh, Enough shirts optional because uh, this is from Josh Cloak. On the morning of game four, it was hard to miss William Nylander. The Leafs forward didn't walk so much as he strutted alone and topless down North Fort Lauderdale Beach Boulevard, unaffected by countless joggers hurriedly storming past him. Nylander's slick back blonde hair certainly looked the part in South Florida as he casually told those who recognized him to, quote, have a good day. Love Uh, it. So, <laughs> I mean, first things first, it just sounds like the lead to a romance novel. Willie Nylander, all we need is some sand between the toes. We had the wind going through the mm-hmm. hair, really setting the scene close. And, and not job. not an unbuttoned shirt, which I could, yeah. like, I could see William Nylander. We've seen it before. Yes. Unbuttoned shirt down the beach, kind of carefree. That's mm-hmm. Willie Nylander. It is. But shirtless, the morning of game four, down three, nothing. It's a brazen move. It's bold. Like it's not, like you're opening yourself yep. up to some criticism. But this was the whole William Nylander conversation. This is it. He comes up and says it's going to be fun, and then he shows that yep. it is fun, and that the pressure, when mounted, is not something that he's going to shy away from. And he talked it, and he literally walked it <laughs> down North Fort, Fort Lauderdale Beach Boulevard, uh, going shirts optional on the beach the morning of Game Four. Uh, I, I just, I, I think it is so Willie, it hurts. Like it is mm-hmm. so William Nylander and it is maybe the thing that would be used in future leads to be like, Hey, this guy is going shirtless, trying to like threatening the suntan or yep. the sunburn rather on the morning of the game. That would be basically the reckoning mm-hmm. for this group. And you would use that and you would put it in your story when he's traded somewhere else in time and time again, we would reference William Nylander shirtless, but then he steps up, he has, has a, game. a big game, mm-hmm. and he does exactly what he said he was going to do, and it doesn't matter, and actually enhances the other sort way. of the it's, legend ah, I was gonna of say. William Nylander. So uh, glad this came out after, because if it was beforehand, you would have had grumbling all through, maybe pregame <laughs> grumbling, and if he didn't play well, it would have been just like toxic, and this would be the big thing. But shout out to Cloak for being there to see yes. the shirtless William Nylander, and shout Can't out to we William Nylander. So lucky? Yeah, can't we all? Shout out to William Nylander for, you know, he he probably got some blowback right after he said that. And then it didn't for matter. Sure. Unfazed. The yes. next day, he does what William Nylander wants to do. And that is go shirtless on the beach, but also play hockey at a damn high level. See, you're right. I could totally see it being at the lead of all of the pieces if he would have been traded following a sweep. But the the flip side of this is that if if the now I want to be clear again, long road to go. Let's not get too excited here. If they do the unthinkable, this is the lead the other way. This is what galvanized this team. And look, we would all love the story to be Captain John Tavares looking somebody in the eye and going beep, boop, 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 and making him, you know, inspired with his robot dialect. 
Not going to happen, okay? We have been waiting for Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, one of these guys, to steal a game. Has ha- not happened yet in this series. So Nylander having that game, being this shirtless, carefree guy, it's just so perfect. I also have it on pretty good authority, though. Mm. Not the only Leaf going tarpless because a uh, friend of a friend down in the area. Oh, a friend of a friend yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. I- I'm trusting it. I'm trusting right. it. Good friend. Matthews tarps off. And I had people complaining to me about both of these even after the win of, how can you risk it out in the sun with no shirt? Do you know how tired I am after a day at the beach? We have to stop comparing ourselves to professional athletes. It is just, I don't care how good a, I don't care how good a shape you're in. I don't care if you're really good in your Division A beer league, okay? It does not matter. You got to stop comparing yourself to these guys. Uh, but yeah, apparently Matthews uh, taking, a, taking a rip as well. I don't know if it if it looks quite as well with the with the the flowing locks in the wind. And I mean, nobody's looking as good with their shirt off as Nylander is on, on the Leafs. But yeah, so uh, not the only one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Matthews is coming uh, here in Toronto. It's, it is. It could potentially be warm enough for tarps off walks today. Listen, you could have yesterday too. I, I would imagine though it was a less adventurous off day for the Toronto Maple Leafs who did meet the media, although it was kind of sparsely, not sparsely attended in that they didn't show up. Yeah. It was that we just didn't hear much. Yeah. There was not that much sound from uh, yesterday or information. Well, how The thing I'm wondering, and this all goes back to the maturity of the group or whatever, is how much of that went without saying versus how much of that was an was a talking point, whether it came from the leadership group or the coaches or the team itself of... No victory laps, okay? Mm. I don't care how good you're feeling about yourself. Tell yourself whatever you need to feel internally cannot be taking victory laps after after yesterday. Well, it does feel very intentional, right? I For mean, sure. the, two pe- the two players we heard from were Timothy Logan, which I'm not going to say it's a non-interview, but it's like, oh, someone wanted to ask one question. It, and would, be, like, it would be wild if Lilligren popped off with like the quote yeah, of all quotes. Yeah, very, not going to happen. Very safe. Yeah. And then Ryan O'Reilly, who is not just safe, but like the actual person you want representing well, the team he, from and, spoken word right and now. he can say things because he has accomplished things, right? Like exactly. him, the word, and not that he was going to come out and take any victory laps or anything like that, but him talking about what a win can do for the group or whatever, he's been there. Mm-hmm. The win actually did something for his group. So it, it comes it, from a place of like an existing exactly. accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, and he did say something somewhat interesting, and we can get to that now, but he was asked about where the pressure is now, whether mm-hmm. the Leafs are facing pressure, whether the pressure is elevated, diminished, whatever, or maybe even transferred. And he had an interesting answer about pressure in his uh, scrum with the media yesterday. You know, I think it's something too for us. You know, it's something we're not worried about. It's, you know, like I said, we're fighting for our lives, um, and the pressure's on them. You know, we, you know, we have nothing to lose, and that's, you know, the way we played. I thought, you know, it was like that. You know, everyone did whatever they possibly could to to win that game, and we're gonna have to even up that again if we want to kind of get this next one. Now it's subtle and it's not really talking about the Florida Panthers too much. Uh, it's not Paul Maurice where he's clearly <laughs> playing games and saying whatever he wants and really, really trying to work basically anyone who will listen to him. Uh, but he d- did say, Ryan O'Reilly did say that the pressure now is on the Florida Panthers. Do you agree with that? No, well, you need one more. Yeah. I think, I think before Florida really starts feeling it, they're still sitting here going, we got three chances to do this heading into tonight's game. If the Leafs win tonight's game and all of a sudden it's back at home and then potentially a game seven in Toronto, all that stuff. Now, if it gets a game seven in Toronto, even if the Leafs will have forced a game seven, all the pressure will be back to them for that. Just, mm-hmm. just so we're perfectly mm-hmm. clear there, but we can cross that bridge if we should happen to get there. I think the Leafs got to win one more. It's still house money with Florida. You're still on the road tonight. No one would in theory expect this thing to be over in five so if the Leafs 
pull back one more. I don't think it's the world falling down uh, now, but if they do get one more, then yeah, you're going to be looking at it. So I think it's a, I, th- I think there's still the Leafs feeling it, but Florida's starting. It's getting like a touch hot under the collar for Florida. I think there's an incredible amount of pressure on the Maple Leafs tonight. Mm-hmm. I think maybe even you could make the argument more than in game four. Because you could just know show game four, and yes, there are consequences, but the result was already sort of put in stone, or at least yep. the transcribing was beginning, or the, it wouldn't be transcribing, that would eulogizing. be... Eulogizing. The eulogizing, the etching. Yes. It would oh. be, the etching would be start, beginning in the stone. Uh, you know the guys who do like Wimbledon right Oh, after. I know what you're talking about. That's what's going on. Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, major amount of pressure, I think, still, because you're one in four at Scotiabank Arena in these playoffs with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now if you do have that embarrassing loss, because there's really no difference between game four and game five, uh, if you lose, uh, we expect the same consequences. You were just able to pull one back. But that devastation, that embarrassment happens on home ice. Mm -hmm. It happens with maybe booing. It happens with more people actually attending and understanding the context behind everything. It is bigger because it happened in Toronto and it happened in your own backyard. So I think there is an immense amount of pressure. However, if they get to the point where they're up two, three, nothing in this game, the the pressure can be transferred before the actual result mm. of game five, right? Like they, if they get out to a hot start, they can put, make Florida feel it before actually only leading a series by three games to two. So I, I do think the stakes not higher, the consequences not different, but the pressure is still the same for me. And they can, we're at the point now where they can actually make a difference there yep. and stop talking about it and actually make the difference, transfer the pressure at the end of the game. But you're right. Game six is the only game where they should actually feel like it's on the other team exclusively. Yeah. Like I- the pressure is on someone else and completely removed from their shoulders. Just having this conversation with you, what's popping into my head is uh, my my favorite and least favorite thing, depending on any given day in the world of hockey, the deserve to win o meter, uh, courtesy Money Puck. Yep. And I would like a deserve to pressure o meter throughout this game and potentially any others in the series. Ooh, Leafs get an early goal. Does it go to them? All of a sudden, they've got a two goal lead. Somehow, it's back to the Leafs because it's tight. Now they should be winning. Mm-hmm. I would love nothing more. Four one at some point, yeah. and it just ticks oh. back. Okay, I thought. I thought I was out of that, and you just <laughs> said it, and I wanted to fight you. No, so you're, you're you'll never be out of that, Connor. Nope, never, you'll never, ever. Well, there is, that. there's one. I mean, it feels unthinkable. There's one thing that could take me out of it, and it's the team in blue and white lifting a big shiny yeah, mug. That would probably be in it, the right? month of June. But and when we talk about curses, that's really the only thing. Because what did one round get them? Nothing. Nothing. Like it, it was, was it was big celebration, catharsis. Everyone's like, five, you know, this is different now. Five days later, it was all over. Five la- days later, the consequences were somehow worse, and the optics were somehow worse. Uh, but they have the chance still to turn all this around. Game five tonight. The biggest question for me heading into this game is which Mitch Marner do we see, mm. and more specifically, does he have amnesia, and how strong is it? Because the goal that he scored. I don't know if it really changed anything that that look in Mitch Marner's eyes and face where things aren't going well and you can see, mm-hmm. you can see it yep. literally on his face. Mm-hmm. It was still there, but it was kind of like tainted or or mixed a little bit by, "Hey, look at me. I did it." You I, know what I mean? See, I thought that looked like the kid who like I know the look you're saying and to me that was the kid who got away with something. Like okay. it shouldn't have gone the way it did, but we're all okay. It was like they like we're running and they hit a vase in grandma's house and it went like 
do, 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 and it will almost tip, but then yeah. somehow it just landed on the base. You're like, okay, nobody saw that. We're good. I'm still a good boy. It, That's it, the look it I landed saw. on the perfect yes. like point where exactly. it just didn't shatter into a million pieces. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I don't know how he's going to feel. I do know that it matters, right? So do you feel great after being the guy to score a game-winning goal and have a lot of the pressure, at least momentarily off, a lot of the heat momentarily off? Or are you thinking more so about the previous two periods and the previous uh, shifts that weren't going well and how you had to demonstrate that you were a tough guy or that you were ready for the moment and it took you out of your game and you were still turning pucks over and you were still not Mm -hmm. having the offensive impact that we expect? Which Mitch Marner actually approaches this game? Does he have strong enough short-term memory where all he's thinking about is scoring the game-winning goal or is he still thinking about the... 11 per- 10 plus periods that went pretty poorly to start this playoffs. What do you expect from Mitch Marner tonight? So I just, as you were talking, not that I wasn't listening, but I wanted to have just a touch of context for this conversation, pulled it up. How much different was he? Did you, would you expect there to have been a big production difference road versus home for Mitch Marner? Or you think it was pretty similar? I would say it wouldn't have mattered one lick in the regular season. Yeah. So he was 51 points in 40 games at home and 48 points in 40 games on the road. So pretty negligible difference there. A little better at home, but that's one night of a puck going in or hitting somebody's butt or whatever it is. So I don't think that's that's proof of anything. And I think that the things you're most worried about with Marner in terms of the moment being too big, this goes back to all the puck over the glass stuff and more of those penalties than you had goals and playoffs pass. And that's where you're worried about. And that is where I think the question of who has the pressure, I'm sure there are some people driving around listening to that going, oh my God, guys, this is an asinine question. Who cares who has the pressure? And I think there's something to that. But for Mitch Marner, I think it matters a lot. If he can convince himself or talk himself into it or just actually believe it, that the pressure is off of him and he can play kind of loose and free. I think you get a better version of Mitch, but there's also a version where, yeah, the lights go down and it's him and Matthews back there, down there and they're the only guys on the ice and they're passing the puck back and forth and who knows what's going through his head at that moment. You hope he's thought free, you hope he's clear, but, you know, the home crowd can spurn you, the home crowd can eat you alive. Yeah. It's truly the unknowable with him and, you know, to put it all on him, to put it on him is a fair question, but... I could put that on basically the entirety of this team is what Leaf team will show up. And it's been the question with this group, not for this season, not for last season, kind of going back to so long as they've been good since they first got into a playoff spot is, okay, if the Leafs have been taking it in the media for three, four straight days, they've had two, three, four ugly losses. I know which Leafs team is going to come out then. If the Leafs are in the midst of a run, I think that's probably going to continue. And I have belief it is this moment where things are starting to turn and they start to feel a little better out of themselves uh, about themselves rightfully so that you don't know what version's going to come out and that, that is why i'm honestly flummoxed and i am so curious to see when we get it at what seven o'clock buck drop tonight yeah 100 percent. you'd think it'd be easier to be yourself to block out noise when there's less of it which is the case in sunrise like yeah yep. there's some florida panthers fans there there was some toronto maple leaf fans there there was a flag that was eventually oh, we, never, we didn't even talk about that sea. yesterday we, we, we kind of yeah we flirted with the subject but we didn't really get into it there was a flag they tried to do the thing that they do at scotiabank arena with the canadian flag and the leafs flag going across and there was a lot of empty seats and I, it yeah. was really really struggling inanimate objects any, cannot pass here. a flag yeah. no no it's uh so i think they got the flag over eventually maybe someone pulled it down maybe it's at least. still there who knows but my point is it's easier to be mitch marner i think on the road when there's less noise 
when he steps out on the ice at Scotiabank Arena and you're still thinking about all the things you swear you're not thinking about, it'll be a little bit more difficult. It's, it's so tough because it. I wholly believe all that, but I... And now we haven't seen it in moments that matter the most, but we have seen it in a lot of regular season games that that's when Mitch Marner is at his best and the whirling Dervis Mitch and the fans are loving him. And you, he cannot skate one second in that lower bowl without seeing, Oh, trade me candy for a stick, Mitchie. It's my first game or whatever. And, and I, it goes back to the start and the start shouldn't matter that much. It shouldn't, you should be able to turn the worm of a game just because the first shift or two doesn't go your way. But how big is a chance early for them? Heaven forbid they get one and it goes in. How big does that feel for that group? And if it's him on the ice or it's a power play where he's really instrumental or he draws a penalty and they end up scoring, even if he doesn't pick up a point on it, it feels like the start is so, so big for him because as much as, and again, I don't want to make this just about him. He is the guy who has worn it the most rightfully so in my opinion, but a lot of these guys on this team can get swallowed up by it or conversely, you know, people always talk about, oh, it's a Morgan there. And yeah, it can be quiet, but give them something to cheer about and they'll get loud in a hurry and you could see it going the exact other way. So as much as I, I as much as in my panicked, worried Leafs fan heart, I'm sitting here going, I do worry about the tight, nervous game. If it's a good two shifts to start and they're up one nothing after the first period and Mitchie's going, I don't see any reason why that would stop. Uh, a great start would clearly be awesome, but not all great starts are the same. A great yep. start that features a Ryan O'Reilly goal versus a Mitch Marner goal, mm-hmm. a little different. You yeah. take the Mitch Marner goal because you know that can uh, last throughout the entire 60 minutes of a game. It can affect mm-hmm. future shifts. So a Mitch Marner hot start, probably the best thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Elsewhere in the NHL yesterday, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes advanced to the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, 4-1 victory, not 4-1 victory, 4-1 victory in the series, 3-2 victory on the ice and in overtime uh, with Jesper Fast getting the overtime winner. So congratulations to the Carolina well, Hurricanes. I was, Storm Sir John. I was going to say quickly, I thought about that as fa- I saw Fast skating off the ice. And that's a goal that we will all quickly forget. Like the second we move on to the next game in that was played last night, mm-hmm. I will forget Jesper Fast exists. But that, that guy goes... <laughs> unless you're playing him in an Eastern Conference Unless you're playing him in Eastern Conference Final, which, again, I don't want to be this guy, but still a really big long shot, okay? What an awesome moment for him. You know, think about the names that still matter in this town. It's Borshevsky. It's Gary Volk mm. scoring big winners. You know, it's going to be John Tavares now. We'll have this yeah. conversation. I, I know. It's going to matter, okay? It is. That one's going to get shown. And for forever in Carolina that is going to be up there with you know the Brindamore Cup teams and the thing they remember and yeah just jumped out to me is it is it is one of those things of like oh cool Jesper Fast got the winner and we stopped talking about it forever the second we're going to stop talking about this game but that is now a part of that like you didn't just score an overtime winner in the playoffs a series clinching goal going to the Eastern Conference final and we've talked about the path that's potentially ahead of him there wide open. It's just, it's what an awesome moment for him. And I thought about that as he was skating off last To night. underscore your point, there was a chance. I didn't even mention his name, yes. uh, but fast ends the season <laughs> of the New Jersey Devils, uh, who are the new Leafs. Uh, the only difference is they won a round and uh, they didn't push Carolina, but those were some competitive games. Last night was a good game. Uh, Carolina, the thing with Carolina for me, this is going to sound like a negative. Okay. But they are elite gatekeepers, Mm -hmm. meaning, and I'm talking high, high, high level gatekeepers. To beat them, you have to be an elite team that can win a Stanley Cup. Mm. You have to be so good that you can either win, compete for, 
or be legitimately in the running to, to win a Stanley Cup. That's how I feel about the Carolina Hurricanes. Do I think they can win the Stanley Cup? I think the path is opened up through them where they can. Yeah. Because I don't know how many elite teams are still in the running here. So I think, as we mentioned yesterday with Wish, things have opened up beautifully for them. I don't think they're that good. I just think they're the standard bearers in terms of, like, how good you have to be to actually have success in the regular season, but to have success in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They are, in my mind, elite, elite, the highest level gatekeeper where only a few teams can actually beat them. But it might take this sort of year for them to actually win a Stanley Cup. I think that's really interesting, yeah, because you look at a team like the Leafs that you can look at on paper and say, well, they're more talented than a Hurricanes team, but the Leafs have way more letdown nights than you ever see out of Carolina. And I'm half kidding here. I want to be clear. I know who the the Carolina Hurricanes goaltenders are. I feel like for the last four seasons, they have had a different guy in net every single time I've watched them play. Oh, look at that. It's Freddie Anderson last night. What mm-hmm. happened to Pachetkov? He was in the mix. Ranta was poking around. That is the thing that does not make sense. And it's just, it's one of those things where in a magic playoff run, you need some of that. Picking the right guy, finding the right horse. Freddie Anderson could never make the big save when it mattered. Sure found a way on Andre Palat uh, la- last night in a huge, huge moment. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is it is a really, really well-built organization. And it's just something I, the goaltending thing is something that kind of jumps out to me because it's something we talk about all the time of teams making bets. And, hey, if they work, you certainly get to take bigger victory laps on them. But that is not some team that has had the pipes completely figured out. They've been, oh, yeah. they've been rolling the dice all season that's why the rule is as follows you do not acquire goaltenders from the carolina hurricanes because they lift up their goaltenders Mm -hmm. in a way where it's not sustainable hello alex nadelkovich hello peter mrazik you do Mm -hmm. not trust a goaltender that exits carolina because mrazik was exactly what chicago needed this year though so uh, that is true not what the leafs needed two years ago though uh elsewhere in the stanley cup playoffs the dallas stars took a 3-2 series lead Beating the Seattle Kraken last night in game five. A couple goals from Rope Hintz, who's up there in the Conn Smythe watch. A couple options there with Hintz and Pavelski and Heiskanen and Ottinger. They're one away from going to the Western Conference Final. I still feel story-wise, like, obviously, a lot of hockey left. They still have to, you know, win this series before we can we can put them there. But I still think story-wise, if it's at all close, Pavelski or Ottinger. Like if Ottinger's going to have to play better, that's if, for oh, sure. No, of course. Of course, but mm-hmm. I don't think. But he'll think, have to play better to th- win a Stanley Cup. That's the thing. I don't think they win a cup where he doesn't snap his fingers and turn back into Jake Ottinger. And then a guy like Hintz is obviously an awesome story. Heiskanen's going to get a ton of buzz, rightfully so, for what he does for that team. But if it is at all close, point-wise, that guy, mm-hmm. the way he is thought of throughout the league, Sage Vet, all that stuff, I do feel like if it's at all close, Pavelski's going to tip a lot of people. His Hints is going to have to blow it out of the yeah, water exactly. from a points perspective. 10-point lead Jason Robertson, is, uh, he had a couple points last night, but he's not uh, not performing probably the way they need to. And if they no. get him going, Dallas might be unbeatable at this point. So uh, Remember we, Nick? I always like to say that every time it's, bring up Jason. No, remember? I, tr- I try not to try not to remember. Although, you know, he was hurt, dealt with some injury. It's, uh, it's too bad. Um the biggest news, though, however, in the NHL yesterday, despite, you know, one team advancing to the Eastern Conference Final and another team taking one step towards the Western Conference Final, was the suspension talk 
No. And the suspensions that we saw. I forgot about this so much. I thought it was the kicker story we were going to do later about NHL ownership. Oh. That's actually where I thought you were going with this. Yeah, a guy tried to kill someone and only got a one-game suspension. Yeah, you know what? In terms of, uh, in terms of like... <laughs> general news i think the ryan reynolds stuff might be bigger no, no, but god, god it, talk pd here it, yeah in terms of uh what really got hockey twitter going yesterday it was the fact that uh the department of blair safety weighed in on darnell nurse and alex petrangelo uh upheld the suspension which was automatic on darnell nurse and gave a one game suspension for the axe chop slash that we saw alex petrangelo deliver onto the hands and nearly the face of Leon Dreisaitl. Your thoughts on those two decisions? I mean, how can you look at it and not see that this is purely the NHL Department of Player Safety playing the result on Dreisaitl not having a broken wrist and playing the result on Nurse getting a one-game suspension and saying, there, it's fairsies, let's move along. This is this is exactly like looking in a scrum and just saying, uh, okay, rough, rough. Forget mm-hmm. anything else that happened in here. Rough, rough. We're oh, good. No, no one's bleeding. Okay. Rough, rough. Four on four. Great. Let's go do it. And that's how can you not look at it and see that? I'd be lying if I didn't immediately go to the Michael Bunting suspension there, where for sure the result was in play. Now, different acts, headshot versus a slash. I can hear the argument that targeting the head will always be considered more dangerous, but it wasn't done with as much intent to injure as it was what you saw to Peter Angelo. So I thought that should have been. Should have been two. I could have been talked into one if the nurse suspension was rescinded. I could have been talked into one if you're just going to play the results of keeping it in the series of the differential still being one. I'd have been okay with that. But I don't know. If Alex Petrangelo does that in November, especially now as a repeat offender, I don't think it's insane that he'd get a four-game suspension. Now, he wasn't a repeat offender heading into this. Neither was Michael Bunting when he's got his three-gamer. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where I fall on it is I would have liked two. I didn't think he was getting anything more than that, and I really would have liked to with Nurse getting his suspension. Would have been fine with one if Nurse didn't get his. Yeah, I think it was probably worth two. I mean, my question to George Paris would be, how is this even possibly just? Uh, Darnell Nurse fought someone who wanted to fight him. He said so much, and he, in his actions, and the teammates said as much. Yeah, saw his saw Nurse and opened up and wanted to go with him. So we had a a fight, and we've had plenty where guys didn't want to go and had to go. Mm -hmm. Hey, Steven Stamkos and Austin Matthews. Uh, I don't know how that one would be treated any differently. I guess it didn't happen in the final five minutes, which is an arbitrary time and really doesn't matter. Uh, I guess. You well, just... it's like, and I, I want to be clear. I don't think anybody from Florida deserves a suspension for what happened at the end of the Leafs game. But if they would have, ju- if Darnell Nurse would have just waited until the final whistle went to start wailing exactly. on Nick Hag, then or we're all waited, good. waited for two guys to be literally on top of him yeah. while he was throwing yeah. down punches. I, like, I just don't see how these things are different, but The bunting thing sticks out for me, too, because which one of those two plays was a hockey play? The Michael Bunting one. Mm -hmm. I I know he lost control of his body, hit someone in the head, principal point of contact, and it was dirty, but it was a puck battle. Mm -hmm. It was him preparing to engage in a battle with an opposing player. We saw Alex Petrangelo do something that was a non-hockey play. Mm -hmm. He lifted his stick up. Again, we did the math. What was it? 13 feet? Whatever it was. And chopped it down on someone's 
we got, wrist and chest. They would never give it to us. We have the player tracking data. I bet somebody could do the math for how 100%. hard that slash was. We need, I need that. We need the physics for it. And 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 that would probably help our argument and probably uh, discredit You just picture George the Barrows. old sports science guy. It's like, this was the force of getting Where hit by that a guy? We need, that guy. We need him know. back. We need him back for sure. Uh, he probably on TikTok. Just that's a guess for me. I feel like he would be right at home there. He, he was very jittery. He made it feel like when I was in university and studying kinesiology, oh, yeah. where it was like, oh, I'm not going to class, but look at this. I'm look learning this. Yeah, about sports science. Cool. Look, yeah. at, look at Kevin Durant's wingspan. <laughs> yeah. This is great. This is why I came to this school. Uh, yeah, it, it, we, we definitely need him back, and we definitely need that, that uh, stat because this was as dangerous as it can get. This was as non-hockey as it can get in a fight, an emotional fight, Late in the game, that happens in a play. Let's see it every game. We see fights late in the game. Well, one other thing that jumps out to me is they never completely admitted it, but it felt like under an undercurrent of the bunting thing was Michael bunting in and of himself. Like, yeah, this guy's been irking everyone. How can you not look at, and I want to be clear, I don't want to blame a guy, I don't want a victim blame here. Uh, well, I guess he was the perpetrator as well as a victim. They, The Edmonton Oilers have been targeting... Alex Petrangelo all throughout this series. Vander Kane cross-checked him in the throat at the end of the first period in this Again, game. playoff hockey. I, I have no problem with this, but how do you not take that into your decision-making apartment of player safety saying, oh, look at all these seven, eight, nine moments in one game that would have caused any sane human to turn red. Oh, look at that. You turn red. Like the fact that they do not take the premeditated nature and weigh that into it. I, I think they don't because they don't want to, because they don't want to give them the two games. They want to keep it quote unquote, fair it's game management with suspensions and it's ridiculous if petro took out every tooth in leon dreisaitl's mouth yep. and he was out for indefinitely if mm-hmm. he was out it would have been a five-game suspension it would or, have been the nazim kadri exactly. you're done till he's you're, done you're done in this series yep. at minimum yep. so we're doing we're doing the outcome and we should not be doing the outcome they did the outcome with bunting 100 because cernak was out and if you're penalizing the outcome you are just opening yourself up to have Negative outcomes. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, and the Department of Player Safety, uh, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, let's do the kicker. Let's do Ryan Reynolds in the A-list uh, right after the break. Just to mention as well, big night in the NBA. Uh, Denver Nuggets advancing to the yes. Western Conference Final. And uh, Boston Celtics, miracle. Eating it from that guy on the text line who told me, you're not going to like this bet, take Celtics. And I said, over my dead body, mm-hmm. I'll take Celtics. And I should have listened to that and guy. So, looked, hey, kudos you, to you. You looked right for at least three quarters. There you go. So uh, you can take solace <laughs> in that. We will do the A-list featuring Ryan Reynolds being out in his running to own you the Ottawa You booked him, Wow. Wow. Oh, oh, no, we're just going to talk about him. Okay. Oh, you didn't get him, Azzo? Okay, cool. Okay, we'll do that after the break. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Game five for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. At home, trying to extend the series with the Florida Panthers. Make it a Leafs weekend. Or we start Monday morning trying to forget. Uh, talked about it on the other side. Uh, Ryan Reynolds bid to purchase the Ottawa Senators, or at least be involved in the purchase of the Ottawa Senators, will not proceed. Him and Remington Group out. This after we heard the news of Snoop Dogg getting involved, The Weeknd getting involved. Reynolds outbid. Your thoughts, Gunner? Go have fun in fourth division English soccer, pal. It's going a little too well. Mary to Blake Lively, you're the darling of the, let me say it their way, the football world. Everyone's loving you. 
take a hike. I love it. No ill will towards him in really, but he's been just shoved in front of my face a little too much in the last six, eight, 12 months. Good riddance. Good on you. I definitely see that perspective. However, I do think that if Ryan Reynolds won this bid, if they were proceeding with this bid, if he had a mm-hmm. hand in owning the Ottawa Senators, it would be the best for content, for things mm-hmm. to talk about. Like, I do think the, the Wrexham thing is massive. The Wrexham show is massive. It has created tons of Wrexham fans, and it has given people things to actually talk about. I think we would see content done in a different way if he was in charge hmm. of it. And for that reason, a little disappointing because I just don't know what value. I'll, I'll be honest. There is no value I don't think the weekend's going to provide other than maybe a concert. So I I do see a world where, look, it's just not that Brown Reynolds isn't a cool guy. It's just different flavors of cool guy. You know, the weekend is a little younger, all that stuff. I could see a world where there is a kind of sends rebranding around a Snoop Dogg led group or a weekend group. And there's just, we talk about vibes all the time on this show and the vibe shift there. I see what you're saying about that, but you know, the league did a behind the scenes documentary and the Leafs dutifully stepped up like they always do to do their part. But for as the we NHL. know, it was garbage. Yeah, and that, I don't think Reynolds but, uh, would allow it to be. But garbage. as we also know, the league said to everybody, Anybody else want to do one like this? I imagine they didn't have to do it through Amazon. They could have found another partner. And mm-hmm. guess what? Everybody, because it's hockey, they went, uh-uh, that ended bad for the Leafs. That McLean quotes gets used all the time. Why would I want that out there? And that's what happened. So I see what you're saying, but I don't think, I don't think, and we got to remember what this would have been. What a, I don't know, like I, I, we probably shouldn't guess percentages, but like a 2% owner, like they, he was going to own a piece of the team, but this Remington group or whoever was going to end up owning it was going to really own the Sens. Do we really think that with his whatever stake, he was going to be able to go in there and be like, hey, hockey men, Pierre Dorian, or heaven forbid, Kyle Dubas, Sens GM, do you want to go through this complete ordeal of letting camera? Uh, I'm sorry, there's going to be, there, you're going to come in the room? No, we're good on that. Like, I just don't think he could have broke through in, in that way. I think it would have been like part of what they do rather than this new thing. Okay. And if it was part of what they do, if it's woven through the fabric, it might have actually worked and we could have finally got some behind the scenes content that was actually interesting in the NHL. I thought that would have been worth exploring. Uh, We don't have time to break it down, but I just wanted to mention because the guys who stuffed weights and fish... Mm. Was a oh, big, yeah. big A-list was a massive item. story. Massive A list item. Uh, they're going to jail for ten days. So okay. uh, ten days. Sorry, fish guys. I can't tell if that's way too little or way too much, but it feels like one of the two. They're also forfeiting the one hundred thirty thousand dollars boat they won. Okay. So, uh, well, there you go. Bit of a penalty for Crime the guys. Does not pay on the uh, walleye trail, but it does uh, fillet. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Okay, let's uh, go to break. We got Sammy McKee on the other side. Leafstock. He would have continues loved that. with Sam McKee.